0: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out MortgageCS.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NMLS ID number 1464766. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of funny games for the evening. Joining me, as always, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter. It is... Charlie O'Connor, Charlie, I know you're not feeling well today. You are also not a professional hockey player. But could you have played better goalie than Cal Peterson today? (laughs) I mean, maybe not in this state, but no. look, we're going to
1: break down this game and we're going to do the best we can. But what it boils down to is, is that if the Flyers had even below league average goaltending in this game they probably cruise to a win because the pittsburgh penguins are not that good of a hockey team and we saw that today it was just that cal peterson i what was it three four short side goals he allowed it was 11 wow,
0: wow. I, I i just there were yesterday you could make the argument they got goalied by Igor Shostakhin. Well, they got goalie today. They got goalied again today. By their own goalie. By their own netminder. Uh, and I guess that's just where we have to start. Um, the story is so easy in this one. You know, yesterday I was like, is the story so simple? If TK plays, they win. And you're like, yeah, that's possible. If literally anyone else was in net today... Uh, This isn't even a stretch, I don't think. It's not even a simple, like, maybe it's a different game. Maybe it's tougher and other. They lost because their backup goalie is fucking terrible. Yeah, he was awful. And it wasn't, you could
1: tell from the start of this game that the Penguins came in, with zero respect for Cal Peterson. They were shooting from everywhere. They were trying to do tips. Like, they weren't trying to do the super high skill plays. Their thought process was, this guy stinks. If we shoot from everywhere, we're going to get goals. And they were proven 100% correct. The short side goals are just killing. Because that's, and I am far from a goalie expert, but that's positioning. That's pre-shot positioning. You are not square to the shooter if you are allowing short
0: side goals that often. Because that should not be what is open. That should be protected. It's the side you're on already. Yeah. Like, I, I just... There was a couple today. The uh, I think it was the go-ahead, maybe 5-4 goal, whatever. The bunch of turnovers down, down the wall. Forster, stall two, and then Malkin has the puck, sets it up in front. And they just beat Peterson short side again. And it was like... There's nobody on the far side. There's absolutely no room for the guy to get over or make a move on you. Where else could that puck have gone? Like, there was just—all you had to do was seal off that post, and it's it's a nothing play. Instead, it's a momentum-killing goal, and that's all that happened all day.
1: No, there was one—and Brian Boucher pointed out, he was on the national broadcast, obviously—where— Peterson actually makes the save. It's right after he gives up one of the many weak goals. And he makes the stop on the rush going down that side. But, like, he was as small as he could have possibly looked. The entire, like, there was a gigantic hole above his shoulder. Like, he is crouched down. And that is a goalie that has no freaking clue what he's doing.
0: I thought for sure that that puck had gone in, just having seen every goal they scored today. I was like, "Oh, oh, wow, he stopped one. And... It wasn't long after that they got him again. I just... Is Cal Peterson's presence, for everyone who doesn't believe they're actually rebuilding, and we'll see what they do with the trade deadline, we'll get into some of that stuff uh, in a little bit, but is his mere presence the greatest indicator that this is a team that is not worried about this season, at least a front office that is not worried? (laughs) I realize the circumstances under which he came up and is now... You know the backup of the team are uh, like unfortunate, I guess. For the I don't know how to put it. Like it's an unconventional way. It's not like they chose to have Peterson in there right yeah. now. Carter Hart's gone, but you were gonna have a goalie injury at some point this year. They protected Felix Sandstrom, you know, the whole first three months of their two months of the season before they finally sent him down. True, and now Peterson, he's just the guy. Like what? Uh, Is this, like, yeah, we're rebuilding, we don't care. Is that the only reason he's here? No, I disagree with that line of thinking because
1: I think the way they look at it is they just don't think Sandstrom is that good either. Now, you could make the case that the the way you would make that argument, in my opinion, is if the Flyers weren't rebuilding, they would have went out and tossed a fifth-round pick at somebody once Carter Hart was done and then been like, let's get ourselves a halfway decent backup. It, the fact that they're rebuilding, that wasn't the plan. I think the way they look at it is they view Peterson and Sandstrom to be pretty similar, and they're, they're bet It wasn't even really a bet because if they're pretty much equal, whatever, if Peterson plays decent the rest of the way, maybe you can find some way to get out from under that contract before having to deal with the rest of it, whether you retain money or something. like Maybe he surprises people and is okay, and then suddenly he's not viewed as just this god-awful contract that no one in the league wants. The thing was is they were playing with fire because this is a guy who has been bad for multiple like seasons, Three years in was a row. really bad in the AHL this season. Like, we talked to Bob Rotruck, and he more or less said the goaltending's been trash. Well, Cal yeah. Peterson's a big part of that. <laughs> yeah. Granted, so is Felix Sandstrom. But point being is that this was inevitable. Like, one of these games from Peterson was probably going to happen. They had gotten three decent games from him to start. Like, and they were just kind of playing roulette. And
0: finally, you know, it came up black. The uh, it's very funny. The Flyers lose seven six today. They are seven and one now. Seven and two when scoring five plus goals. Both of their losses are seven six in regulation. Wild Both, games, and they're the two. Most ridiculously goaltended games of the season with uh, the Detroit game right before yeah. the Christmas break where it was like barely NHL hockey. Yeah. And the goalies definitely were showing that. And then today with Cal Peterson in that, Tristan Jari's been pretty good for them this year. This but year he was bad today. Not, not today, yeah, he, he was wasn't. Today. I think you have it in the outline,
1: and it's an interesting point of discussion where the idea of did they mess up the goaltending this weekend.
0: That's what I wanted to get
1: to next. Because you could make the case that... This was a game where all you needed was decent goaltending. Maybe you essentially punt the Rangers game against the better team, and then you win the the, the Penguins game with Arison and goal. I almost, I certainly believe they would have won the game with Arison and goal. Here's the thing, and this is interesting, because we were discussing this, I think, on Thursday. Or no, it was Friday. I think it was Friday in the media room, and, and Jim Jackson and Brian Boucher were in the media room. We're talking about it. What should they do? And I feel like the consensus was from people in the room was, go with Peterson on on Saturday against the Rangers and then go with go with Arison against the Penguins. The person who disagreed interestingly enough was Brian Boucher and his reasoning which is interesting and obviously it didn't work out because they lost both games. But his reasoning was it sends a bad message to the team that you don't think you can beat the Rangers that that if you if you essentially start peterson you are sending the message to the team that we're not good enough to beat the rangers so we're just going to we're just going to cross that one out and and just accept the fact that we're going to lose and that's not the message you want to send to a team where you're trying to build culture you're trying to build this feeling that we can play with anyone that was his reason why he wanted them to go Harrison, they obviously go Harrison. it didn't work but that might have played into some of the thinking is that if you start peterson against the rangers like that's saying we're not good enough to beat the rangers
0: yeah, like I can't imagine. <laughs> we we talked in pregame today, like, oh, it wasn't the Artemi Panarin show, so that was like a that was a nice change of pace for the Flyers. You know, they didn't get killed by a superstar. True. Uh, they got killed by a superstar. It would have been. Him. It would have been had had Cal Peterson been in there and they saw yeah. him play one short side shot. Would have been. Like, Guess what I can do? <laughs> Nine times. I, I just. I understand that line of thinking. It's just like. To beat the Rangers would have taken an incredible effort like they played very well and still lost you were gonna need that great effort to beat them no matter what but and here here you need two points out of this weekend to me the bigger question is this and especially given
1: the fact that they hadn't played that many games this week it was a short schedule. Could he what, have played both Could you have started Arison in the back-to-back? He's never done it before at the NHL level, but he's done it before. Yes. He's a goalie. Maybe that was the mistake.
0: Maybe Arison should have played both games. With the light schedule they had this week, I don't think it would have been crazy. Maybe. Like if this is last month, where they're playing four oh, games a you, week. Yeah, you, can't do it. you absolutely yeah. can't, because like it was they had like a five-game week in there at one point, I think. But this week and this schedule that they have, man, it is pretty freaking light. <laughs> yeah. And I would like. I just look at, you know, we told last Saturday, well, it's an event game, and it's, like, not a true... It's still a test against yeah. a team that's trying to chase you down. Sure. You lose in regulation. But it's an odd game for a goal It's an odd game. game. I'm just, like, the team overall, you've had now, like, three important test games. You're 0-3 in regulation. That's fair. That's, man, I want to believe in this team, and I still think... Like, they scored six goals today. Uh, like, they played... I wouldn't say well, but they, it's not like they got killed... It was just, they got really, really bad goaltending at the worst possible yeah. time against fucking Sidney Crosby. Like, yeah, five when points. does he go? Just a little five point day. It's hum. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. You know, five points. When does he go away? Nah. When does this man just go away and leave me alone? Nah. It's very, very frustrating. And when we're talking about Sidney Crosby and when we're talking about this goaltending that the Flyers have, especially with Cal Peterson, sometimes. We just need to chill, and when you're looking to chill, my friends, there's no better way to do it than with an ice-cold Coors Light. You see these blue mountains, that means it's good to go. You take a sip, and just remember the Flyers still have a pretty solid lock on that third spot in the Metropolitan Division. The Penguins need to make up a lot of ground to come back, the Devils... We'll see. They lost again today. It's not as if they're taking advantage of their opportunity. But this is the best way to chill. It's with an ice-cold Coors. So choose to chill with Coors Light. When you choose to rise above it all, choose chill. Choose Coors Light. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash hockey. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So I guess we should talk about the other big news of this game, yeah. which is the concern about Jamie Drysdale. Yeah, that's the next thing. Uh, Jamie Drysdale reaching for a puck in the neutral zone kind of ends up in a vulnerable position and uh, gets laid out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at first it's like oh man did they did he just get hit in the head there that's the initial concern then you see him pop up and he's just got yeah it was he's just very got dead shoulder thing yeah. um it appears to be the left shoulder which, which was the injury that he had is in the 2022 torn labrum in 2022 while yeah. he missed like uh over basically a year yeah four to six months i think he was out for but that ended his season And the, yeah the yeah. season and then it transferred over but yes it's that that is what ended his season. Um, We haven't heard any update during the broadcast. A couple times they said we haven't heard anything it's about Jamie Drysdale. But sure didn't look good. The way uh, injuries go for the Flyers, if this is a separated shoulder, I will do a dance. Yeah. Like, yeah. if this is just something... Yeah, like a week-to-week Yeah, thing. if this is like a day-to-day or week-to-week situation, I will be ecstatic. I know when we just talked to Jonesy about Jamie Drysdale... They told us Jamie is for the future, like that. That's a direct quote. Mm-hmm. He's for the future. Uh, anything they get out of him this year is gravy. But I don't think season-ending injury is yeah. is uh, good for his development, no, especially not. another one. Exactly. And this is the first time really he's ever played in meaningful games yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. This just fucking
1: sucks. I, I mean, we guess, I guess we can cross our fingers that maybe it's not that serious. It certainly looked serious. There was no real hope when he went off the ice that he was going to be back in this game. No. As opposed to Tyson Forrester where he he takes the shot off his knee, he comes back, scores another goal. We'll talk about him later. But, yeah, the Drysdale thing, the scary part here is just that he's injured the shoulder before. And I, I don't necessarily buy into the injury-prone thing because I think injuries in a lot of ways are fluky for players. It doesn't seem like Drysdale is like thin we were actually talking about during the game like he might be a similar weight height to Shane bear but he's definitely thicker yeah. than Shane Gossabier he's stronger yeah he's stronger he can make plays you know under checking pressure however if you have another major shoulder injury you start to worry is that a brittle part of his body that's going to be a continuing issue so fingers crossed it's nothing super serious but there's very much reason to worry that it could be
0: that's like my worry now is they develop him into if not a number 1 a top pair producing defenseman but he's a 55, 60 yeah. game a year guy yeah. rather than a dude you can depend on in the lineup every night. And when we talked last time to Jonesy a month ago, it was like, oh, well, we're focusing on, you know, the, the organizational focus is center. That's where we think we need to invest the most resources. Not that, you know, we're not gonna keep looking for sure. defensemen. They he told like Bob Murray is there to find us defensemen around the world, you know? Uh, but does this do you think maybe all right, if he has another serious knee, uh, shoulder injury, we can't put all our eggs in the basket of, oh, he's a top pair guy.
1: Yeah, I, I would say it, it's a major concern if, if he has a serious shoulder injury, if this is another torn labrum to the same shoulder, even if it's a separated shoulder that knocks him out for the rest of the season because it takes longer to heal because he's already had a major surgery on the shoulder once before. Yeah, it's a concern. It's certainly not time to give up on Jamie. No, Jackson. no, no. I saw people in the comment section saying like, when are we going to talk about how the Gautier trade was bad? I think it's too early. I think the Flyers are very much have looked at Drysdale from the start as a project, a guy who you're really not going to get a handle on what he's going to be here until probably next season when he has a full camp, a full summer, whatever. But If this is a serious injury, he might be ready for next season, but it might have screwed his whole summer up. Like, this is the kind of thing you have to worry about. And, yeah, it's concerning. It's not time to write off Jamie Drysdale by any means, but I would be lying if I tried to act like this isn't a concern.
0: No, it's listen, I I am treating Jamie Drysdale as if this is just another bump in the road. He's 21. Things are going to work out. But they, I thought, still needed another top pair defenseman, and now I think... It's almost an equal, like, we need both of those things. Yes, we need the 1C real bad. 1D is also still okay. a, uh, a priority I mean, fair in fair. my mind. The only advice I want to give Jamie Drysdale, though, ice your shoulder with a delicious Coors Light. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I'm doing all I can you're, here. You're really trying. I, I really am. Uh, let's talk <laughs> about Tyson Forster real quick. Uh, I picked him to score an anytime goal, so thank you very much. In the uh, pregame show, hope everyone tailed that bet and left the Flyers' money line alone. <laughs> uh, but listen, we paid for we paid for everything with one Tyson Forster goal, so you can't really hold that against me. He left after he took that shot off the knee, and it was, all right, if that's right above the knee, it's a bad bruise. If it's on the knee, on the cap, like, ooh, that's not great. But he came back, scored again. He looked a little hobbled when he first came back. Still got but it all. Scored again, yeah. so what do you think, like, down the stretch here, I, I'm looking at Tyson Forster as a guy, the way he plays uh, in all three zones, and now he's putting the puck in the net a little bit. As a dude who, if this team is to get into the playoffs, which still pretty likely, uh, at least based on like standings, uh, he could play a big role for this team as a checking forward who can score. Yeah. Are we starting to see it all come together for him? Is this just another hot streak? What do you make of what we've seen out of Tyson Force yeah. the last couple games since he come back? I mean, I'm not ready to say
1: that hes it's him figuring it out completely. He's still a rookie. He's still learning you know, the ins and outs of beating NHL goalies on a regular basis. However, look, he scored yesterday, scores twice today. We've always thought that he's going to score, that eventually it's going to click. Maybe this is just a hot streak, but it does serve as a reminder that he can score. He is capable. Like that the second goal was more just a slam dunk, like he just can't miss the net. First goal, though, that's a goal scorer's goal. Yeah. Like that is that is a well played, in close shot that, that Forrester nails, and those are the kind of goals that he's going to need to score in those dirty areas close to the net if he's going to want to be a 30-goal scorer. And if he can keep up the strong defensive play, then suddenly you're looking at a really impactful guy. Not a superstar, probably not, but a really impactful guy. Like, look at this game. This is a rookie. This is a guy I believe is uh, 21, 22, something like that. And he's still 21, I think. Um, but if not, he just turned 22. He missed time in this game because of, uh, of, of the shot off the kneecap he still is second on the team in ice time tonight. Like John Tortorella, he trusts this frigging kid. And if like, sometimes a coach can fall in love with a guy for the wrong reasons. This guy is one of those guys where like his on ice expected goals for, for the season is like 58%. Like I am perfectly fine with giving a guy that allows you to get, you know, six, six scoring chances out of every 10 when he's out there. Like that's cool. And I have no problem with him trusting Tyson Forrester. I I am excited about Tyson Forrester. Yes. I am I am mildly surprised at how many people online are very vocal Tyson Forester doubters. I, I'm I just I don't quite get it because he's showing a lot of promise this year. He's already earned like here's my thing with Tyson Forester. If you believe that John Tortorell is a good coach and is doing a good coaching job this year maybe trust him that this Forrester kid has got it.
0: That's, I mean, last season, John Tortorella's telling us, like, I got to slow down with what I think about this kid. And, no, the scoring hasn't been what we – Maybe hope for. Like, 13 goals in 54 games isn't horrible for a rookie. It's pretty good for a like, rookie. Like, that's not bad. If he finishes with like something like 17,
1: 18, 19 goals, it's a pretty good rookie year. He
0: turned 22 January 18th, so yeah. he played most of the
1: year at 21 years like old. what, Travis Konechny, he finishes rookie year with like 22 goals? Yeah. I'm like, not saying he's going to be as good as Travis Konechny, but like, people need to remember that rookies don't come into the NHL fully formed it takes some time Tyson Forrester is learning the ropes but these last few games give you a glimpse at what he might be able to become if everything goes right in terms of his development
0: I just always look at guys like this the way I looked at Sean Couturier now you were the vocal Couturier defender from the very beginning you know you you had all the uh before he signed his uh you know, record deal, you mm-hmm. had the underground yeah. stuff, you were in on him. Yeah. I always looked at him as like, he's good, and if he ever figures out the offensive end, he's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And I'm looking at Forster a lot the same way, and I think his offensive upside is considerably higher. Like, man, he's already doing those little things that coaches, like, yell at superstars about not doing. And that's why Torres loves him yeah. so much, is, is that he is shocked of
1: like, what he doesn't have to tell Tyson Forster, Like, what he doesn't have to criticize him for because Forrester just does it naturally. And, look, I don't know if he's... I I, I would push back a little bit that I don't think he has necessarily, definitely has higher scoring upside than Couturier. Like, Couturier was a point-per-game guy at his best when he was a Selkie guy. But I could see... I could see Forrester being a better goal scorer than Sean Couturier.
0: In terms of creating his own shot, like... Sean Couturier went to the net and Claude Giroux backed it off someone to get it there, and then it hit him and went in. Yeah, uh, that's an oversimplification, but uh, it's but, not like, that much. The uh, the idea that he could. Surpass that 30 35 goal mark. I don't think is crazy. It's look
1: the best case scenario for Forrester is that he I don't think he has like 50 goal a year nah. potential But he could be like in that 35 to 40 range wet with, with it while also having Incredible underlying metrics that allow a coach to feel comfortable giving him 20 minutes a night and for
0: a 23rd overall pick pretty good That ain't bad in, in a, a draft. Have... that's looking pretty weak. What was that uh, super chat I see from Michael McCullen? Cal was a disaster. Cal was Carter. a disaster. Thanks, Carter. Yeah. Well, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things I'm gonna blame Carter Hart for. I don't know if this makes the list. Uh, but it is annoying it, having it, to watch a shitty goal. Yeah, it is. And we like, were getting great goaltending yeah, they had, when they had to the do Yeah.
1: Obviously they don't anymore. They have one goalie in Sam Harrison who is good, and then they don't have a plan. In my mind, what I would do in this situation, going back to Cal Peterson, to me, this is the last game Cal Peterson plays with the Flyers this season. You send him down, you call out Felix Asher. You you see what he's
0: got. You can't do to the... Listen, Cal Peterson's making five million bucks. He's here. I get why you... You rolled the dice yeah, to see if it would work. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you can do it to the locker room. Like, you're already gonna take away Sean Walker. You're kind of telling him we might take away Scott Lawton from you. You can't just put out a goalie who it's like, we're gonna lose. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what, guys? You, we demand you play your asses off every single shift, every single game, no matter what. We're also losing on yeah, purpose. We're today. putting this game we're, because Cal's like, playing. Yeah. And like I'm sure they
1: like Cal Peterson as a person. I'm but, sure they do. But they all see especially today he ain't that great of an NHL goalie in fact he's quite a poor NHL goalie I, I thought the real tell and I'm curious as to what uh, John Tortorella had to say after the game you know if he holds back but the tell of how Torts viewed this game like John Tortorella has not been as a Flyers head coach has not been an early goalie pull guy he pulled him with 340 340 left. Like, that was a, you know what? Keeping him in doesn't even matter because he ain't stopping it anyway, so he might yeah, as well like, pull
0: him now. The expected goal of the Penguins getting the puck with or without a goalie in the net today, it was like ah, negligible. Uh, yeah, it's uh, five million bucks for Cal Peterson seems like a waste of money. You know what the Flyers could probably use? They could probably use Rocket Money Hey-oh. because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bill. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel with just one tap. I never have to get on the phone customer service, which is awesome for me, because very few things I hate more than talking on the phone. (laughs) Uh, Rocket Money will even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over five million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So if you're like, ah, yeah, my subscription services is a couple bucks here, a couple there. It clearly adds up over $720 a year is what Rocket Money saves on average for its users. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash phly rocketmoney.com slash phly uh i want to talk about our guy scott lawton today He really wants to stay doesn't he you know i i look at it like if he really wanted to stay he would play like shit, so no one's o- no one's offering what the Flyers are demanding if you actually want him. Uh, but he is now on a seven-game point streak. He had the uh, shorthanded goal to tie the game 4-4. He also took the shot that Sanheim tipped on the first goal. He got a primary assist there. So that's nine points in his last seven games. Uh, he's tied with TK for the team lead in scoring since February 10th. I mean, TK's missed two games, but that's still uh, Still 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 not bad. And he's plus eight in these last seven games, which also leads the team. Do you think that this changes the possibility? Like, his play during this stretch, him looking like himself, not just with the points, because the points are above and beyond what he probably brings to a team on average, but him on this hot streak, him playing a lot more like himself, do you think that raises the possibility he gets traded? No, I don't. I, I, and this is going back to what Keith Jones told us when we talked to him
1: on Friday, uh, Danny Briere said something, something similar yeah. on the broadcast, uh, yesterday, uh, the national broadcast, basically that if we're going to trade Scott Lawton, it's going to be because somebody overpaid for him, that that's the only way. Now, it's a fair point that the way he's playing, maybe somebody falls in love with the idea that we need this guy because the Flyers are in a playoff race, they're playing meaningful games and look at how he's up this game. To me, like this was inevitable and there's a reason why back in January when we were pe- being pretty critical of Scott Lawton, I said, I think he's gonna figure it out at some point. I think he's too good of a player to play this poorly for an entire season. I do think we are gonna see the real Scott Lawton because he's not old. Like, this is a guy who's 29 going on 30. This isn't when you expect a guy to just fall off a freaking cliff. I was expecting him to to jump back into form at some point. It's happening now. Is that going to be enough for, like, a Toronto or an Edmonton or a Tampa? Like, somebody think, like, man, if we're going to try to win this, we friggin' need Scott Lawton. It's possible. But if somebody prize Scott Lawton away, it's going to be because they gave up a shitload. Like, that seems to be what jonesy and briere have made clear over these last few days is that look we ain't trying to trade scott lawton if somebody offers us like a first round pick and a quality prospect like just like way too much for a guy who hasn't been that great most of this year i guess we gotta do it but we ain't looking to trade and we love this guy
0: plus four he actually had a second assist uh today as well so three points on the day for lawton plus four in a game his team loses seven six that's a uh pretty good (laughs) like that ain't bad at all um someone who i did pick to score today that i had to check the box score to see if he got benched after 56 seconds again joel farabee minus two no shots on goal today wasn't one of his better games. just a bad game for him wasn't one of his better games he had one play where he uh
1: he got around the defenseman. It looked like there was a little bit of a slash that made him lose his balance. He doesn't get a real chance. He clearly wanted a penalty call. They showed later, I believe, he was having a chat with the official. Wouldn't be surprised if it was about that and being like, hey, maybe I deserve a call. He just didn't have it today. The, yeah. the one thing I do have to say about this game, like we spent a lot of time criticizing Cal Peterson, obviously. We talked about the Jamie Drysdale injury, obviously. The Flyers lose this game. However, they again show that they are a resilient team. Like, it would have been very easy when you have have Cal Peterson giving up fucking beach ball goals to just be like, well, it ain't our night. Our goalie can't stop a puck. And instead,
0: they kept coming. At 4-2, it was like, yeah, this one's snowballing. Seen this with the Penguins before. Uh, But I will give them absolutely, I will give them credit for (coughs) not letting this thing get out of control. I mean, they gave up seven goals. It's not like they... Uh, yeah, uh, we're awesome. And they scored six. A lot of it a lot of it is on the goalie and they scored six for only the second time this year. Yeah. Like this is yeah. uh, third time. Third time this year when they've scored six, they've lost two of those three, which is just absolutely hilarious when you think about it. Um if you had to guess, like I said, this team has lost it's three big test games this month. they lost three out of four, yeah. They've lost well, three four out of out four. five, I guess, yeah. to the count of the, the Toronto game. So four out of yeah. five. Yeah, uh, over time, but it's still a loss. It's still a loss, yeah. Is this the beginning of the slide? Because every time I've asked that this year, they have shown that resilience you just talked about. But with the goalie situation like it is, now you may have lost Jamie Drysdale. TK is still out. Risto is still out. Do you think this could be the beginning of the inevitable thing we've been waiting for all year? The big thing I worry about is the injuries.
1: Like, that to me is the concern because, like, Drysdale, we'll see. TK still isn't back yet. They seem to think it's short term, but we'll see. Ristalainen is on Ellis Island. Um, Tyson Forrester came back, but, like, he's banged up. Cam York, he's banged up. They got a lot of guys who are banged up right now. And, you know, they get they get Tampa on Tuesday. So that's gonna be a tough, a tough test. That's at home, but it's gonna be a tough test. Washington on the road, I think they can win that. Ottawa, I think they can win that. St. Louis. St. Louis isn't as bad as they were early in the season, but they're no juggernaut. So this little stretch, I think, is manageable. Then it gets real yeah. friggin' tough. Like we're talking, I'm just gonna go through some the the stretch of games they have. Florida, Tampa, San Jose, who stinks? Toronto, Boston, Toronto, Carolina, Boston, Florida, the Rangers. That is three weeks of there being one game where you're like, yeah, they should win that one. Everything else is a toss-up. And if they are injured, and I'm not even saying like guys missing time. I'm saying guys playing through Just
0: not at 100% or as close to 100% as you can be this time of year. This is going to be a real challenge
1: because after this little stretch over the next week, this schedule gets real, real tough. And we're going to learn a lot about this team, I think. I'm honestly, I'm excited for it because, like, they are kind of playing with house money. If they do well and they hold their own against these teams, it's like, holy shit, seem pretty good. And if they don't, we weren't expecting them to make the playoffs going into this year anyway. So, and at least now they're learning about what it takes to win in these stretches of the season when the
0: games start really, really matter. I just was hoping that, like, they could come away with a few, like, solid points of we can win these games like you go back to that toronto game they make the comeback and then lose it right away in overtime the devil's game it's outdoors it's weird they don't get great goaltending they weren't Bad, but they didn't play well enough to win. Sure, and now you've had a couple of games. You score six and lose because Cal Peterson stinks. You play great against the Rangers, but Igor Shesterkin's awesome. So what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like I would just like some positive reinforcement for these guys, just so things don't kind of go out of control here. Uh, but I think we got some positive reinforcement for a guy we talked about a lot pregame. We did yeah. a little excel today. He was good. He was good. The two assists. The uh, uh, broadcast talked about him, I thought quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, today, Justifiably so. Yeah. And he was out there. I think the thing you pointed out to me, late in the game, yeah. trailing by a goal, yeah. they put out Ula Lixell on the ice, which yeah. I will take that over. What was it? What was it against the Rangers? Hathaway. The, uh, the Hathaway line. line. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like that line a lot. Trailing by a goal late in the third. I don't know if I want them. I don't know if that's the spot I'm looking to play them. Exactly. You know, and like Ulu Lixell, I have no fucking clue if this guy can play in the NHL or not, if he's going to be productive, if he's just a fourth liner. But it's nice to see him get some ice time in a big spot. Yeah. I, I mean, I have been saying for the last couple of weeks, I wanted him to get a look.
1: I talked to Brent Flair for my my pieces on the prospects uh, last week. and uh, And Flair was like, yeah, it's just kind of a matter of him taking advantage of an opportunity when he gets it, when he gets a call up. This game might have been the first time I've seen Oli Luxell at the NHL level take advantage of the opportunity. He looked good. I mean that that setup of the Cam York goal in the third period—it was a really good pass. Like that wasn't even a like cheap assist. That was a you set up a really nice goal yeah. with your playmaking. He was out. He had him out on the power play late in the in, in the third period. Like Tortorella clearly saw something he liked in Luxell, justifiably so. I liked what I saw in Luxell. I think a lot of people who watched this game liked it. Does it mean that he's going to stick in this lineup forever? No. But it should mean that he should be in the lineup on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, TK's out. Who knows what's going on with Forster? Like... There's gonna be more bumps and bruises along the way yeah. if this is his role. He played 12:44 today. It's not like he got 20 minutes of ice time, but that's more than Morgan Frost played. It's more than Cam Atkinson played by over two minutes. I, I didn't even know Cam Atkinson was in the yeah, lineup today. I didn't didn't see him at all. all. Uh, but like the last, there's game, a lot of guys yeah. he was better no, than and, today. And the last game that
1: that Lixell played, he got four minutes and 36 seconds. Yeah. Like, you, I'm sorry, you ain't doing shit with that kind of ice time. No. This game, well. he earned the minutes. He got it. He got his shifts in the first period when they're rolling lines. He showed that he, he had some jump, that he was making some plays. And Tortorella, to his credit, didn't bury him when the game got, started to get out of hand. And sometimes a coach could be like, well, I just don't know this guy. I need to I'm, use my I'm guys. i to go with my guys. Yeah. He was like, yeah, Ole's rolling today. Let's give him an opportunity. He gets rewarded with that assist on the York goal, and then he gets minutes late in the game. So this was this was a positive step for Lixell, a guy who I don't necessarily view as part of the future. I'm skeptical of it. I like him. I'm just skeptical that he has a spot. But more games like this, and he'll start raising some questions.
0: Especially over these next couple of years. That's one thing I did want to—and we'll talk about more this week when we have live shows and whatever— Like. I think a lot of the negativity that you and I see, one, we just spend too much time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like if That's we true. just didn't do that, we'd yeah. probably both be happier. Probably. Uh, but like a lot of it, I think like misunderstands what this rebuild is going to be. Like, it ain't just, okay, we're going to rebuild this year. And then next year we're trying to win a cop. Like in that Jonesy interview, he talked about teams, their windows Yeah, And talked about a team that's going to, if a team were to trade for Scott Lawton, they believe that their window is probably this year and next year. And then that's it. Which the, you know, if you were to read into that would be so you don't see it next year. And I mean, that's not some great extrapolation I made. It's clear if you're rebuilding, it's more than a one year job. Yeah, But like that means you don't see next year as a big year to take a step forward either. Like, I want to see next year as we move on from some guys, like, figure out what's up with Cam Atkinson. What the hell are we doing here? Like, move some things around, and Ulu Lixell or whoever in the AHL kind of get that ice time rather than a veteran. fair. I think that stuff's going to happen over the next couple of years because it's all about Matt Mitchkov. Nothing counts till he gets here. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and and I think, too, and this is... um, This is
1: something to to remember in terms of of what they're doing, like they are looking at this from a long term perspective, without a doubt. And also and this is a uh, an interesting thing, too. I saw I heard people talking about it on the broadcast, the national guys about if Drysdale misses time does this mean that they won't trade Sean Walker? That was the last thing, That's going to be a test. It's going to, because, like, I would like to think that it won't have that big of an impact because they've been telling us, you know, we're going to look at the long-term. However, it's going to test their commitment to this long-term plan. Because suddenly, if Drysdale has to miss time, if Risto doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon, suddenly it's like, okay, well, on the right side, you have Travis Sanheim and... Who? Ronnie Hatter. Ronnie Adder. Adder, you're yeah, calling like, up, I guess. <laughs> like Nick Sealer can play the play the, the right, but he might get traded too. Like yeah. so it will be a, a test of their um of their commitment to the plan if Drysdale misses time and they still are open to trading Sean Walker if somebody offers a first. Could
0: you see a world in which on like March tenth, I think is their first game after the trade deadline, um we have more than one of Adder, Jinning, and um, Andre on the big club? Like, more than one of them up here? Uh, in During the stretch run? Like, after the trade deadline, do you think we have
1: more than one of them here? Nah, I mean, I think Adder probably has the best chance, especially yeah. if Walker gets moved. Based on my conversation with Brent Flair, it seems like they think Adder is close. They still claim to view him as part of the long-term solution, He's reaching a, a point next season where he's in the same spot Igor Zamola was going into this year, where he won't be waiver-exempt anymore. So maybe they think to themselves, you know, he's, he's done what we want him to do down there, he's focusing more on defense, he's making strides, let's give him some time to prepare him for next season when he damn well better make this team or else they risk losing him on waivers. Jinning, I don't think they've been especially excited about what he's done this year. I've never been especially excited about Adam Jinning. He's just never been a guy I viewed as a impactful NHL prospect. He didn't make our top 20 list. That should say something. And he didn't make my list or uh, or uh, Alex's, Alex's list yeah. in the top 20. I think he was in that 21 to 25 range for both of us. Um, Andre is interesting because they are very high on Andre. Like I can't get a full read on whether they believe Adderd is definitely part of this. I definitely get the sense that they believe Andre is part of this. That interesting. they That they really like him. They like his upside. They like what he can become. However... I didn't get the sense in talking to Brent Flair that they are racing to call him back up. It could happen. I he think, got his look. I think, and I think they, they believe he could play games, Yeah, but I don't think it is a priority where it's like, well, we're going to trade away guys and bring up a meal. I think Addert, at least my read on it, is that he is above Andre in the call-up
0: race at the moment. I don't know if I can read that super chat uh, because they are not a sponsor, but they <laughs> do have pizza, and it ain't bad. I, I Honestly, had I had another brewery sticker here. And when we got Coors Light, I was like, well, I got to cover that up. And yeah. then I was like, wait, that's a company, too.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm dr- <laughs> I'm drinking, you know, a drink because I'm not feeling well, yeah, very well. And but yeah, it's not you gotta, Coors Light. This is, a, this is not a slight against Coors Light. This we is love. that when you're battling a fever, you probably shouldn't be drinking beer.
0: You probably shouldn't, <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, Charlie, maybe something that would make you feel whole again, even though they have holes in the middle. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to tell you about Bagels & Company now uh, because the first thing you have to know about our friends with Bagels & Company, the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here with Philly Love. What does that mean? Huge bagels. Gigantic bagels they have, and a huge variety of them. Usually 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. You saw Kelly Hinkle uh, probably tweet out the picture of the Doritos bagel, and they have (laughs) all sorts of off-the-wall stuff like that as well as... Like, you know, maybe you want an everything. Maybe you want a rye everything. So all sorts of different varieties. When you have that many bagels, you need a ton of cream cheeses to choose from. Bagels & Co. has your back with that. 30 different flavors of cream cheese available daily as well. The most important thing... An affordable brand. You get a lot of food for cheap. I wouldn't sleep on that coffee either. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest bagels and company near you. And without any further ado, Charlie, it is time for your three stars of the game, brought to you by, we'll say Coors Light again. Cheers. Uh, Charlie, who is star number three?
1: Star number three, I am giving it to... Travis Sandheim. Ah. Travis Sandheim scores two goals. We were joking, me and you, watching the game in studio, that this is going to be where he's going to get his hat trick. He's finally going to score one. He didn't, obviously. But Sandheim was good in this game, especially you know, knowing that they're down the five defensemen with Drizell out. I thought Sandheim was strong this whole game. Um, obviously, he gets the two goals. He's a plus three. Um, in a game where they gave up seven, like that's pretty friggin' good. It's impressive. He had strong underlying metrics in this game. I'm looking at it right now. I looked at it before, but Sanheim, I believe by natural stat trick, 62.77 uh, expected goals, four percentage per natural stat trick in a game where the Flyers only collected about 35% of the expected goals. Sanheim was good in this game. I thought he was <laughs> the good version of him that we haven't seen as much of over the last couple months. I he was strong. Obviously, he gets the two big goals, but I thought his overall game was really sound too.
0: I know he hasn't like put it on display a ton, and it's not like he's a rookie. We've been watching this guy for a while. But he is a fucking bomb when he lets it go from the point. Can we see a little more of that? Like maybe with Drysdale out now, if he's gonna miss some time, it's an opportunity to get him up there and be like, okay, this is what we're doing. We're gonna let you fucking shoot again, cause he's pretty good at it. Uh, I don't know. Just a thought. Let's see. Let's hear. Star number two. Star number two. It
1: appears that he didn't have five points in this game. It looks like Billy's based on yahoo.com. He's a. At four points, but Sidney Crosby is going to be my number two star. He just did what he does against the Flyers. Like, that's that's what he does. He It wasn't super flashy. He didn't have any, like, highlight reel-type plays, although that one pass from below the goal line was really good. That was a classic Crosby play. But he just... Took apart the Flyers and like this was like putting like like tossing red meat into a dog like into a doghouse, like putting him against Cal Peterson. He was just like friggin' licking his chops. Like, <laughs> like you're 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 making me play on easy mode. I already kill the Flyers and now I'm playing on easy mode against that this guy.
0: When you see him like stiff arming Mark Stahl to set up a goal against Cal Peterson, it's like we Unplug the controller. Yeah. This game also Hit was reset. a. This was a, a
1: reminder. We we were actually pretty complimentary of Mark yeah. Stahl. Mark Stahl is a is an acceptable six seven defenseman when he actually
0: has to play important minutes. Yeah. He gets killed when he they're was down, real bad. When he when they've dressed seven and he's one of the seven, he's number seven. Yeah. When they go down to five, and he's one of them, it's not good enough. Yeah. Like you can't play him fifteen minutes plus a game. He just doesn't have that at this point let's hear star number one star number one for the pittsburgh
1: penguins cal peterson (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: great Uh, and that is all no no i mean listen uh the flyers yeah they could have been they could have done a better job on crosby today like maybe don't give up four points to that guy there's that all sorts of things but at the end of the day they lost because the goalie was atrocious, and it's funny yeah. because we started the game, the first two goals. I'm like, those aren't really on him. Yeah, they were deflections, and, and then, then it just then it went south. And then it real just quick. became like uh, we've talked so much about how things don't snowball on this team this year. The goaltending did. Yeah, like it was, and, a, and there's
1: nothing that players no, can really do about that.
0: If the goalie just
1: doesn't have it on a given day, yeah. like the skaters, I guess the skaters could play perfect. They could just have the puck the whole game, but. It's the Penguins, it's Sidney Crosby, like they're gonna have their chances. You need to depend upon your goalie to make some stops and not give up like four short side goals.
0: It was, what was, before we get out of here, what was the stat you told me, the expected goals? Oh, yeah. The, uh, so the Penguins it, had like 2.7 expected goals, and yeah. they scored seven. Yeah, the, the, the Penguins
1: finished this game with 3.29 expected goals in all situations. They scored seven real
0: goals. So just double. Just double. They just doubled their expected yeah. goals. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, and that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers presented by Mortgage CS. Check out mortgagecs.com slash PHLY to start your home buying process today. Company NML. S I D, number one, four six four seven six six. Uh one last thing I want to sell you before we get out of here. The takeover on March 14th. Get your tickets. <laughs> all phly.com slash events. Oh, yeah. It's Flyers Leafs. I'm gonna be there. I'll be there. Charlie will be there. It's gonna be a great time. I'm told Kelly Hinkle will be there as well. I think it's Pearl Jam night too. So oh, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly was going either way, yeah, yeah. and it just so happens that yeah. uh, it's this night. No, we, we'd love to have you join. Yeah, like, please it, join it, would, it would
1: be great to uh, to see some of our regular listeners my regular readers, uh, some of the diehards especially uh, for uh, for PHLY. It would just be cool to hang out with everybody. So uh, we got, you know, about a month, little maybe three weeks, I guess. Three weeks, so yeah. So we got time. So uh, if you want to see a Flyers game against a good Toronto team, that Toronto game was pretty fun. That was a real good one. We'd like to see a rematch. I want
0: the rematch. Yeah. Alright, and that will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. You know where to follow us. That's Charlie O'Connor. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great Sunday night, Philly. <laughs> the mayor
1: you know if you haven't checked out what chaos yet you oughta because we've had all your favorite players on the show i'm talking seth jones lena solmar connor bedard whoever it may be We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're
0: listening to right now. We got guests and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey.
1: So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos presented by All City Network. (laughs) you <laughs>